DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo's in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. As we continue to really, can I say, mine the rule of St. Benedict, the particular topic that we're going to address now is one that just makes the heart ache, uh, spiritual homelessness. And the remedy is one I don't think we would suspect, that it would be stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I take this word from our monastic vows as Benedictines. So other than other religious orders who have this classical three vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, the monks profess stability, fidelity to the monastic life, and obedience. So it's interesting that we kept these three vows over the centuries and finally didn't go with the other ones. The other ones are included in our vows anyway. So, but. This stability, vow of stability, this is very specific for Benedictine life, and this is the reason why I would like to share it with you. What does this mean, stability? Stability, first of all, is stability of the place, or in Latin, stabilitas loci. It is also stability of the community. You stay not only at one place, but in one community. And finally, it means more in general, faithfulness in general, fidelity in general. Let me give you a couple examples where the rule of St. Benedict addresses this uh, vow. It's uh, chapter 58 from the reception of young brethren into the community. Verse 15. But the young monk must be well aware that as the law of the rules establishes, from this day he is no longer free to leave the monastery, nor to shake from his neck the yoke of the rule which in the course of so prolonged a period of reflection he was either free to reject or to accept. So he is no longer free to leave the monastery, clearly stated. On the prologue, uh, verse 49, 
never swerving from the Lord instructions then, but faithfully observing his teaching in the monastery until death. We shall through patience share in the sufferings of Christ that we may deserve also to share in his kingdom. Amen. Until death. Ability. And the third example I would like to share with you, this is from taken from chapter 66. The monastery should, if possible, be so constructed that within it all necessities such as water, mill and garden are contained and various crafts are practiced. Then there will be no need for the monks to roam outside because this is not at all good for their souls. So this is Benedict. He wants to, his brothers to stay in the monastery, to stay within the monastery, at that place, stability of place. And the reason is, he doesn't want us to roam, out, to roam around outside. He says, this is not good for your souls. So, why is this not good for our souls? Because we have professed to seek God at this place. So behind this vow stands the conviction and the deep belief that God can be found at that very place where the monastery is located. We don't have to leave the monastery because God is there. The idea of stability is we don't have to move. Just stay because God is there. God is present. So with this vow, we kind of evoke the fact that God is present. So many people flee all the time and escape somewhere in order to find happiness or even God. But start where you are. Start at the place where you are. Start with the people with whom you live. This would be St. Benedict's advice. That is something I think that the domestic church has a trouble assimilating into, into their life and, and living that out because we're called out into so many different areas. And so that Mm -hmm. That concept of not roaming is one that, I mean, how do we, can I say violate that? I mean, how do we, or how do we live with that given the situation? This is where we've been placed, but yet we want that stability. Mm -hmm. Let me explain this just historically, how monasticism came about and came into being. So. Let us think back to the 3rd, 4th century. So there were these crazy men, these crazy people, not only men, by the way, also women, who uh, left their homes, their cities, their towns, and went into the desert. They settled in caves, on mountains, mostly alone, just by themselves. And their 
deepest motivation was away. Let's go away. Let's escape. They found the world disgusting. They hated the civilization. They hated the culture. They hated all of this. Very similar to St. Benedict himself, who lived in the 5th and 6th century. So he started studying in Rome, but he didn't love it. He didn't love it. He felt, this is not the place where I can grow closer to God, where I, my life can flourish. So he escaped. So the monks are people who run away from the world. It's not a very heroic motive, I know. <laughs> You can, in other words, you could say sometimes monks are people who are afraid of the world. So this is a very old motivation. We call it the fuga mundi, escape from the world, fuga mundi. But what happened afterwards? This is now interesting. So the monks and the nuns, they escaped, settled somewhere in the desert, and were seeking God, were looking out for God. And what did they find? themselves <laughs> because they hadn't thought about that they take themselves into the desert you know you can leave a town a city a culture but you can not leave yourself you take yourself with you so that was a problem and the way how the monks encountered themselves in the sense was they, they encountered the demons They saw that the world is in their souls. All that, is, all that, what they hated, is not only out there; it is within themselves. And then, when they had realized this, they stopped escaping. They said, "It doesn't make sense to escape again because I cannot. I have to fight those demons. I have to face my own reality as it is." So they, they stayed. This is kind of the moment when stability came into being. So they learned we have to stay. We have to stay in order to really encounter God and the truth, our truth. And this is the reason why St. Benedict recommends his monks to stay because he says it doesn't make sense to go, to go somewhere. You will always encounter yourself wherever you go. So you can stay also. <laughs> Just stay and try where you are to become more full of God and more faithful. And that is enough. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict. A spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more? And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? 
Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. When you think of the community that is a family, it's the same type of thing that you would encounter where uh, two people come together and in having the children, they end up having to work through the different aspects of the personalities that run the family. And you would have to stay because that is that was your area, that's your community, that's your family. In today's world, it has become so much easier. Again, not passing judgment on mm-hmm. people that have had uh, difficulties within, the, within those families, but it's so much easier now to leave mm-hmm. because whatever it is, that is the the struggle or the demon that is affecting the relationships, mm-hmm. they run from it. 
I'm, I'm not happy here. This isn't satisfying me. I'm, I'm going to go over mm-hmm. here now, and mm-hmm. I'm going to start this. Or, mm-hmm. And then it becomes perpetual. And that's mm-hmm. what the ultimately the next generation is taught because they experience that lack of stability. Mm-hmm. It has a, a terrible domino effect, doesn't it, throughout mm-hmm. all the culture? Yeah. I see it the very same way. It has become a trend to escape. So if things are not fitting anymore, I just change them. And so do I with my relationships and, and, and everything. In a way, it's a disease. You know, it's, it's really not good for the society. And I think we have totally um, overemphasized mobility. So you have to be mobile. We have our our cell phones, mobile mobile phones, and that that the smartphones make us independent from independent from any place. So we we are able to be mobile, and even also economically. In order to be economically successful, you have to be flexible. You have to be flexible. You cannot. You are stupid if you are stable. You are stupid. It's it's the last thing you will think about. So. I must really say stability of of the place and stability in the way we Benedictines live it is it's so countercultural. It's incredible countercultural. But because of this it is so important because we try to remind the people and the society there is still another element you need in your life too. It's good to be flexible, it's good to adjust to new situations and new people. But if you don't have a red thread in your life, if you don't have stability, if you don't have trustworthy relationships, if you don't have faithfulness and fidelity, you will lose yourself. Because if everything changes, who are you? And this is how I find many people that they don't know who they are anymore. And now think about these more basic changes that are happening all around us, climate change, demographic changes, uh, migration, um, the digital revolution. It's amazing how quick times are changing right now. And this is why I mean even more important is for our society to have stable elements in our lives and this is our faith, this is our religion, and as monks we try to even more stick to this value of stability. There, historically, is an unbelievable value to the monastic stability that has benefited Western civilization. I mean, when you look at the rise of the monastic uh, communities, in the backdrop of a Europe that would go up and down and up and down, and political systems vary, if you see how it maintained mm-hmm. the culture to a point where it could incubate and so much more could grow out of it, that the scholastic tradition, even being a base for the Franciscan tradition, who did Francis run to? He went to the Benedictines, mm-hmm. you know, the monastic communities mm-hmm. where there was safety, there yes. was harbor, there was a response to a need. Yeah. They have been there throughout the last 1,500 years mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. because of that stability. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. So the monasteries are kind of the backbone of the church. I hesitate hesitate to say this because there's really something. <laughs> I don't know if we really uh, live up to this idea, but and it's not easy. But this is this is what our goal is. We want to stay no matter what happens, no matter where the church goes, the society goes. We want to stay. Just pray and work and pray and work and be with the people. And people very much appreciate that. I remember um, a Protestant monastic community, as you know, uh, also in the Protestant churches, monasticism grows, um, which is wonderful. Um, there was a community that settled in eastern Germany, the former GDR, after the Berlin Wall was broken down, broke down, and so at that time, it was right after 1989, many businesses uh, floated into Eastern Germany and also the religious, religious communities. After a couple of years, most of the businesses had left because there was uh, no prosper prosperity anymore or whatever. So these typical changes had happened. Only these nuns, this monastic community, they stayed in Erfurt in, in, in Eastern Germany. And the people in the area said, all the others have left. You are the only ones who stayed with us. So these people who are mostly atheists in Eastern Germany, they realized there are people who want to stay with us. They want to live with us. They don't move away when, when they cannot make a business anymore here. So this stability is really a witness to the people. Its stability is a way of evangelization. Being there with the people, staying with the people conveys you are worth, um, you, you are good, and this is why we stay with you, and we trust that God is with you, we trust that God stays as well. So we, isn't it, we want to, we want God to stay with us, right? <laughs> why don't we stay with the people? <laughs> yeah, it's not just one principle of the rule. We've spoken of this before, but it's all of the aspects of the rule that make the stability work. Exactly. You can't have stability unless you have that, you have silence. You can't mm -hmm. have stability unless you have the discipline and that gratitude for the gifts to be able to only ask what you really need to give up. The, the other things for the those who have the need for what you you may you may have or the gift that you may be able to offer them and in a way this is kind of old fashioned in times when virtuality becomes so important so we have virtual universities and virtual learning and digital learning and so we can do almost everything online but the more we live together with our screens, <laughs> the more we long for real places. This is the, I think this is the gift of Benedictine communities. They are places. They don't run away. So there are these monasteries, mostly 
they are built very solidly and they don't run away. The church needs places, not virtual places. Nothing against praying together uh, in the internet and all this. And this is a wonderful new way to connect uh, in faith. But beyond that, we still need places. And Benedict monasteries want to be real places. They're, they're sacred places. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it termed that sacred is the, the touching of heaven and earth. It's that place where we recognize mm-hmm. something, something different is here. Mm-hmm. I love this. Um, imagine people praying at the very same place over centuries. For example, my community that has sent me here to Nebraska in Münster-Schwarzach in Germany, this Benedictine community was founded 1,200 years ago. And when I stay in the Abbey Church and pray, I always think 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, there, have been, there were monks at this very same spot praying. So and that gives me a, a deep push <laughs> and, and, and encourages me so much that this line of, of monks prayed here before. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit esoteric when I say this now, but no, I'm not. When I pray, I believe that this has an impact. This changes positively the world. So imagine monks over so long, such a long time praying at the very same place that changes even and transforms even the stones. So this is, when you talk about sacred places, I think the reason this is true for all sacred places, for, for, the, for shrines, for example, this is the very same principle, shrines and uh, all, uh, the Camino, the pilgrimage ways. So when, when you go to places where people used, used to pray and pray deeply and enthusiastically, this shapes and this transforms the place itself. And you can feel that. You can, when you come uh, into a monastery, you feel a kind of atmosphere of prayer because not only you pray, others have prayed there too. And all this prayer kind of um, multiplies and, and that helps to create this uh, sacred uh, place. Any final thoughts on this particular discussion, Father? Yeah, two thoughts. Blaise Pascal uh, in the 17th century said, the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. That's our problem. We, we have forgotten just to stay in our room. And in addition to this, an old desert father said to his uh, disciple, to his student, go into your cell, cell is the room of a monk, go into your cell, your cell will teach you everything. Thank you so much, Father. You are very welcome, Chris. Thank you. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, 
A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Fildee.